The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. And it's welcome to Lawrence Mikhailov. Hello, Julian, and welcome to The Gadget Guide number 129, or the 10th one of this year. Uh, this year, uh, this episode, we're going to look at uh, lower-cost laptops and uh, convertible two-in-ones, and also possibly touch on Chromebooks. Uh, you've already lost me on convertible two-in-one. It sounds like a car, <laughs> but I'm, I'm assuming you mean a tablet with some sort of keyboard, we or mean, heading in that direction. We mean a laptop that's got touch-enabled. Okay, so tablet-esque. Can, but you can use it more like a tablet. Okay, I think I follow that now. Um, but first, of course, the usual tech news. So, our first one is uh, our friends at the BBC who have been trialling a bit of 4K broadcasting of the Football World Cup, doing it via iPlayer, and they've just announced they're going to be screening several matches from Wimbledon in Centre Court. It's like 19, I think it was 1967, when the controller of BBC Two won. David Attenborough, um, decided that the best way to up the colour content on the BBC was to plonk a colour camera on the centre court at Wimbledon. It's kind of history repeating itself. <laughs> so, 4K, uh, as well as high dynamic range colour. So this is the, uh, makes everything pop and look really sharp, crisp, high contrast. It's going to hopefully look wonderful. And the BBC has developed that standard along with uh, the Japanese NK, equivalents, uh, NHK. NHK, yes. Um, it's going to be available to Sky Q customers. Is it? Yes. So they've done a little bit of an interesting partnership with Sky on that one. But only from the tennis, because so, I know there's the football continuing as is. Correct. Okay. Um, there have been problems with the football streaming, and people have said, you know, they've had issues with um, the sound getting out of sync. So hearing the goal before seeing the pictures. <laughs> That's not useful. Which is less than <laughs> useful. But, you know, they have been taking feedback, and anyone who has tweeted at them, they have been paying attention to it, and they have been working on things and improving things. And they're making it clear it is a trial. It you know, it's, it's great that the service trial. is being offered, and I know that uh, some other European countries are also offering 4K services, but done the more traditional way, kind of like uh, you might see on Sky for a regular Premier League match where a little red button comes up yep. for Ultra HD, press red, and yep. uh, and, and off you go. Yep, um, they've got a list of uh, compatible TVs and set-top boxes, things like PlayStation Pro and so on. Obviously, like I said, Sky Q, and of course iPlayer as well. So if you've got a, a newer monitor on your computer, you might be able to see it in 4K. Or if you've got a computer that you can attach to your 4K telly through HDMI, you'll be able to do it via iPlayer. So that's a, a nice way to uh, get some 4K content for free. Um, on other news, Facebook and fake news. Facebook have just decided that they're going to um, throw more resources at combating fake news and they're going to include more countries in their targeted approach to actually ensuring that what we see on Facebook is not fake news. So they're going to have uh, more human reviewers in native uh, native language of countries. So in other words, there will be English speaking reviewers generally in the UK, looking at UK fake news and removing it, as well as... I was going to say, because if you're, if you're overseas, your, your English might be you know, top-notch, possibly better than some people who live here. Um, but that's not necessarily going to give you the nuances, is it? Especially since an American might think toad in a hole is a, a bit of fake news. Good point. Yes, or spotted dick. Um, all the pudding clubs. Um, so they're going to be using some technology as well. There'll be uh, lots of interesting stuff going on behind the scenes to help clean up stuff. And they're partnering with a bunch of well-known news sources like the Associated Press, but also the likes of Snopes and Fact Check to actually help clean up a lot of the, uh, the stuff that goes running around fake news online and on social media. Um, from the uh, other big social media company, Google, uh, they've 
increased the transparency and control for users by upgrading the Google account settings. So this is the account settings you can find on your mobile device by going into the Google app on your mobile device where you can then update and change the way your data is used by Google, all the privacy options and so on. So they've made it a lot clearer, not just because of GDPR, but because they have recognized that it is a good thing to do. Um, so worth going and having a look at and reviewing all of your Google security. Very easy to find, just, uh, just uh, search on Google update my account security. Uh, WhatsApp in the news because um, they're going to stop working on millions of phones. Oh dear. Yes. Not mine, hopefully. No. Uh, basically, they've just announced their end of life for older phone operating systems. So they have said that they are now discontinuing support for iOS 7 on Apple devices. See, I don't like that. I, I think that's somewhat unfair. Um, I can understand them not supporting, but discontinuing, I don't, I don't so like that. What, what they have decided to do is they're not cutting it off straight away. They're stopping new accounts being created on iOS 7 and anything older than Android Gingerbread. So you can't create a new account on an old phone. You can continue using it if you have an account already. Okay, that's tolerable. However, they have said that those may be cut off at any point between now and the deadline of February 2020. Now, the reasoning behind it is because security has moved on, security has improved. The older phones are known to be less secure because the manufacturers, Apple and all the manufacturers who use the Google Android platform, have not been developing updates for those devices. So security has security holes, bugs, and WhatsApp are trying to be the secure messaging platform. You know, they did get approved by the US Congress to actually be used between senators. So they're trying to keep security up and they are saying, you know, if you are wanting the high security, you're going to have to use a newer device. I mean, we are talking about uh, iPhone 4, basically. Oh, that's a long time ago. So that's quite it? a long time okay. ago. Um, the last bit of news, uh, the big um, multiplayer gaming platform from Epic Games, Fortnite, um, multiplayer shoot 'em up type game, has announced that it's coming to Android. Now, it's available on PC and on all the platforms. Uh, Play is available for free. It's been on iOS on the Apple platform for a while, but it hasn't come to Android yet. It's due on Android in a few months. However... There are some miscreants in the world who've started making fake Fortnite applications, getting them out there, and people are getting suckered into loading things that then load malware on their phones. Of course. If you are interested in playing Fortnite on your Android device, go to the Fortnite website, have a look there, follow the official links. They will let you pick your phone, they will tell you which phones they're going to support, and they will send you an email as soon as the genuine app is available for your phone. So, as always, make sure you go to the actual source, not some dodgy app website or app store that you don't trust. Welcome back to The Gadget Guide and we're looking at lower cost laptops and Chromebooks and the like. Uh, so I said no to tablets mainly because tablet isn't a really a, a computer that you use like a laptop. Tablets have got their place but if you wanted to have a machine that you can do average email on, but web surfing, uh, maybe log into your bank and do some banking, log into a, a government website to do some sort of council tax or something like that, you generally want a computer because tablets just don't really work well for things like that, where you need a keyboard. Now, low-cost laptops, of course, unfortunately rules out the macOS operating system because the cheapest MacBook right now is £790. Oh, goodness. Uh, that, sorry, sorry to say cheaper than what I got, but... Um. Okay. That, that is the cheapest, and I don't consider that 
a low cost laptop. No, that's not that's not budget, is it really? So I started looking around and and uh, picked on John Lewis as a as a local retailer that we've got who've got very good support. And of course, your advantage of buying electronics from them is getting two years of warranty, no questions, and it's a very good warranty. So it, it's worth thinking about them. They will also price match most places. Okay, this is a never knowingly undersold yeah. routine, isn't it? Now, they won't generally price match online, so if you find it cheaper on something like Amazon, then no one's going to match that. But Amazon's warranty is pretty good as well. eBay, you've obviously got to take your risks and think about that, but generally all the high street retailers, so your Curry's PC World and the likes, John Lewis will match that and have a better warranty. So personally, I'd, I'd, I'd wander down to John Lewis for things like electronics. Now, looking at cheapest laptops. So I, I started looking at the two-in-ones, and, and that, that got you a little bit... Conver- or the convertibles, that got you a little bit confused. I'm even more confused now. So what they've done is the manufacturers of laptops have worked out that they, they put touch into laptops, so touch screens into laptops quite a long time ago. But it, it was a little bit faddy and not many people used it and then you find yourself touching the screen and realising that you didn't want to touch the screen and so on. And you could turn it off in a lot of instances. But it didn't really turn it into a usable touch device. It was just sort of an add-on. Um, and what they've done is, and this, the likes of Lenovo and HP have done, is they've made it so that you, and Dell, you can fold the screen over the other way. So where you've normally got your laptop open, you can keep folding it round so that the screen is behind the keyboard... Interesting. Okay. And then you can use it like a tablet. I know, I've probably seen these things and thought that's a tablet with a keyboard when actually it's uh, the key, it's, it's one of these two-in-one devices. Okay. Yes. Now, a lot of them you can fold over and treat it like a tent, okay, so you can stand it up on its two edges, and what it will do is rotate the screen. So what you can do is, if you're travelling, you have your two-in-one or your convertible, you fold it into a tent-type mode and you can put it on the, the table in the hotel room you're staying on and use it as your entertainment device. Pick it up and then use it like a tablet, flipping through web pages or through an online book or something, and then flip it round and have a keyboard to actually reply to some email. So, nice and versatile. Now, these range from uh, the HP Stream X360, which is on clearance at £200 at the moment, so not badly priced. That's not bad going at all, is now, it? you are talking about a basic entry-level machine. So, yes, it's got the touchscreen and it's got the, the convertible mode, but you are talking about a fairly low-powered CPU. You're only talking about 2 gigs of RAM and 32 gigs of storage. Okay, so it's not designed to be a workhorse that you'd take to school and expect to do a lot of stuff on. It is for that casual, occasional want to travel around with a laptop. They're figuring what a lot of people these do uh, these days are doing is storing a lot of their data online. So everyone's got a Dropbox or a OneDrive account, and they're storing their data in uh, the internet, and they're referencing it that way. So you're not having to carry around a whole lot of files. You're accessing them online wherever you've got internet. And these days you've got internet almost everywhere via Wi-Fi connections in hotels, and most hotels have cottoned onto the fact that free is worth offering because people come back to your establishment. Or you tether via your phone these days. So... Starting at £200 gets you a convertible. Obviously, they range, depending on the amount of memory in them, the amount of storage in the processor, they range up to about £900 for the top-end HP Envy, um, where you're getting a, an Intel Core i5, you're getting 8 gigs of RAM, you're getting 256 gigs of solid state, and you're getting a 15-inch display. So you're getting quite a big tablet-type device, but it's still a convertible. That's coming in at £1,000. It's smaller brother coming in uh, at £900. So... 
you can shop around for these and, and decide what you want to go for. But certainly the HP uh, Stream X360 is quite a good bargain at £200 for something that you're just going to carry around and use occasionally or when you're travelling. It's got good specs for using as an entertainment device that is slightly more versatile than taking your tablet and watching Netflix on a tablet. It's got DTS uh, studio sound speakers. Uh, it's got a nice clear screen. It's got a reasonable CPU. And like I said, you can still use it as a laptop. I think for me, one of the, the key things with this is portability. You know, I used to carry around my tablet quite a, quite a bit and take notes and things like that until I upgraded my, my laptop and it became thinner. So as a result of that, um, it was easier to slip the laptop into the bag than it was the tablet. Now that the tablet is sort of, well, not gets used hardly at all. Yep, and that is what's really done things to the, the whole market is laptops have got smaller and lighter, so they are carried around more. These are sort of a, a bit of a hybrid giving you that touch capability. And now what's interesting, uh, certainly looking back at the MacOS uh, and the, uh, the MacBook ranges, none of the Macs have got touchscreen uh, displays, which yeah, is quite point. interesting when you think about the fact that Apple perfected the touchscreen with the first iPhones and they haven't done it in their PC range. Do you think they're trying to do it to safeguard the other end of the product with things like they've got the iPad Pro, for example? I think there's a bit of competition between the tablet range and the laptop range, which I think is hurting them in a, mm. in, in a way because all of the PC manufacturers going, you can have it with or without touch. Yes, touch adds a bit of cost, but you've got that flexibility. And then if you go for the convertible, you've got something that acts like a tablet when you want it. Now, I mentioned Chromebooks as well as another thing to think about. Now, Chromebooks are um, designed to work just with the Google environment for all of your storage. So your data is stored in Google Drive, everything's done using the Google Apps, and you do everything online. So there's very little stuff stored locally, and it all works via your Google account. Now, they're quite nice if you're happy in the Google environment. Obviously, you can access any other web pages, so you can still use an Outlook.com mailbox or an Office 365 if you've got a work account. But the, the advantage of them is they're quite light. They have lengthy battery uh, time, so you're talking about a whole day on a charge. They wake up very quickly, so they, they respond like tablets and so on. Now, buying today's latest Chromebooks, yeah, they're more expensive than entry-level laptops, Okay, which is a, a slight disadvantage. Now, what is interesting is there's a company uh, called uh, Neverware, so like Tupperware, but Neverware, and if you search for them, they've got a thing called Cloud Ready Home Edition, which is free of charge, and you can use an old laptop to install Cloud Ready Home Edition, and it turns the old laptop into a Chromebook. Oh, interesting. Okay, so this is an interesting way to recycle that old laptop that's too slow to run the latest version of Windows, and you don't really want to explore Linux, which runs pretty well on, on older hardware, and it gives you something that gives you the opportunity to run Chromos without costing anything. Um, so uh, we've had a question in from Drive Chef Jamie saying, is OLED by LG worth the money compared to HD LED? OLED's a new technology. It looks lovely. Uh, You've seen TVs as, as presumably as well as PCs. Yes. Yes, they have got into TVs. Um, whether it's worth the money, it, it does depend on what sort of warranty they're offering on the displays. Now, OLED has been known to burn in. We get a ghost of a previous image if you leave something on the screen. Now, they've got anti-burning technology in them. It's worth comparing what's available out there and deciding where you want to spend your money. 
I'd, I'd want to see two side by side. So I'd want to compare an HD LED to an OLED side by side, see them in a, in a nice uh, environment. So we're not talking about your high street retailers. We're talking about the more specialist electronic shops. Um, go and have a look at them, see what they look like. Hey, visit John Lewis. They've got slightly better displays than um, some of the other high street retailers. But, you know, pop into the likes of Seven Oaks and uh, Richer Sounds and so on. See what they've got set up. Compare them side by side. Decide what works for you. I think that's probably what we've got time for on the Gadget Guide. Uh, thank you very much, Lawrence. Uh, back again with another one in... Oh, it's going to be three weeks' time because we've got the fifth, the fifth. dreaded fifth week of, yes. the, uh, of the month. So whatever the, whatever the second Friday in July is, uh, that is uh, where we'll be hearing uh, from Lawrence and perhaps uh, from Rob as well uh, next time as well. Thank you very much, uh, Lawrence. Have a good weekend.